then, boy, oh, have a good time then. Cinema Vino. Hey! It's me and Travis. And Sean and Taylor. They're both <laughs> also here. They're here, but they're mute. Yeah. So, but this is like old school. The first very few, few episodes we did were just the two of us. Frankly, I'm frightened. <laughs> I know. Anything goes. Yeah. This is, it's been a long time since you and I were alone in the same room together. Like, I, I figured our HR wouldn't allow that anymore. I know. Honestly, I thought I had more protections. <laughs> Sometimes when we touch, the honesty's too much. Yeah. So, um, Todd and I, before this, we were practicing kissing on our hands, and so we were uh, we're gonna kiss tonight and yeah. keep our eyes shut real tight. Yeah, I'm ready to make that leap. Yep, whenever. So if we were away from the mic for a minute, you know what's happening. Just yep. FYI, hands are below the table. Yeah, yeah. We're this is a a, a gentle slide into first base. It's a natural zesty enterprise. Exactly. It's it's a robust endeavor. Did you say first base? Mm-hmm. We're going third. Okay. Okay. We're, we're talking fingers. <laughs> ah, that's going to be the name of my first album. So. <laughs> Actually, my, my, yeah, my first album, first band name would be Beer Flavored Nipples. <laughs> Speaking of which, let's get into this. Yeah. Uh, Summer Chaos uh, continues. This is for my wife's birthday. She requested, because uh, our episode falls on August 2nd, uh, 10 Things I Hate About You. So this is for my wife, Joe. Um, yeah. Uh, we are drinking Wonderwall by Field Recordings Winery. Um, this is a, a good mid-20s range Pinot. Um, oh, it is good. Yeah, it's got some oomph for a Pinot. It's it's nice and and very drinkable. Um, but I would say that this is a great party wine. If you're looking for a little bit of a splurge. 13.5. guests, yeah. Um, if you got some good Pinot drinkers and you're looking for a little bit of, you know, something that is... You know, sociable. It's like it's it's easy drinking, but it also has good body flavor, a um, lot of fruit to it. I mean, it's just it's a fun party summertime wine. What's our price point? Twenty five, ish. So, nice. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's 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 versatile for food. I mean, you can do it with all kind. I mean, it it be, would be good with a salad or you know, kind of picnic type cuisine. Yeah, it tastes like twenty five. It tastes really good, <laughs> but it, it's great. But I, I think this would be a good like. Before, you know, when people first start gathering for a party, this is a good wine to serve, you know, just kind of something fun and, and, but still very, it's something you could discuss. It has enough body that you could talk about it. Yeah. This is the first drink of the night where everybody's like, Ooh, that is really good. And they all taste it. And then you serve them shit the rest of the night. (laughs) Once everybody's taste buds are dead. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's Wonderwall. Anyway, this is Wonderwall, uh, field recordings, (laughs) um, Look for that in your uh, local winery or your local wine store. Um, so let's talk about 10 Things I Hate About You. This is this this movie was so 90s, it was ridiculous. This was a hardcore 90s movie, watching it now. It's like yeah. this, the hairstyles, the lingo, the music, this is deep 90s. Um, this was released March 31st, 1999. So 24 goddamn years ago this came out. Beans and cornbread. Yeah. At least it's in color. <laughs> that still seems like maybe 10 or 12 years ago to me. Mm-hmm. That does not seem like that long ago. Yeah. Uh, it's grossed $60 million against a $13 million budget. Uh, and it actually, I noticed this this time, it features a very age-appropriate cast. You didn't always see that 90s teen comedies. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Julia Stiles was, was 17. Heath Ledger was 19. Joseph Gordon-Levitt was 18. Uh, Larissa Olenek was uh, 17. And Larry Miller was about 45. So <laughs> <laughs> it works out great. Yeah. Um, I mean, because think about, like, she's all that. Oh, yeah, Larry Miller was the dad. Yeah. Yeah, loved him. Yeah. I can't help but think of the doorman on Seinfeld, but, you know, it's like, you know, that uh, Acosta, Jerry, and Elaine. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it's like I, she's all that had, like, all those people in it that were, like, 25 or 30. You know, you had, like, your Freddie Prince, that people that were yeah. well in their mid-20s. Uh, who was it? Matthew Lillard was in it. Supposed to be, like, a junior in high school. It's like, this is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Can I tell you what this movie, uh, for a split second when they were going to their uh, party in the middle of it, for some reason I was uh, anticipating another, like a scene from Can't Hardly Wait yeah, um, with Jennifer Love Hewitt and Ethan Embry. I, I totally thought, I was like, oh yeah, I remember this, this thing and this is going to happen. And it didn't. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm in the wrong movie. They just kind of, you know, they mesh together. Yeah, they do. Especially like because they're all same time period. Mm-hmm. Kind of same vibe. Yeah. Um, this is based on The Taming of the Shrew by William Shakespeare. Uh, this was a theme in the mid to late 90s of updating classic literature in a modern setting. You had Baz Luhrmann's uh, Romeo and Juliet. You had O, which starred Julia Stiles also, the update of a fellow. Oh, yeah. Uh, and um, Clueless, which was based on Jane Austen's Emma. Mm. You had a bunch of that stuff. There was another one called Get Over It with Cisco and Ben Foster. <laughs> and, oh, I think it was supposed to be Hamlet. <laughs> I don't know what it was. I'll look it up later. I mean, Lion King was Hamlet also. Yeah. Very clearly. Mm. Um, but, yeah, Story Falls is a basic outline of Taming of the Shrew. Uh, from what I can remember in high school, uh, reading that play, focuses on two teen sisters, uh, a prickly know-it-all named Cat, played by Julia Stiles, and a soci- sociable, more charismatic, more superficial Bianca, uh, played by Larissa Olenek. Um, their single father, I can't remember if he was a widower or a divorcee. Uh, they said mom left. Okay. So I think she had been gone like three years. Okay. A uh, single father who's obviously very over overprotective, a little bit high-strung, uh, I guess he's an obstetrician, uh, forbids Bianca to date until Kat can find a date for herself, which is kind of a scuzzy move. It's almost like uh, betting that your oldest daughter is never going to find a date. That's true. You know? But yeah. he's also putting the impetus. He's like, don't ask me anymore. Mm-hmm. You have to bother your sister now. Yeah. Um, which I saw a website that was like basically like, why would Kat give a shit if she's like a few months from graduating? Why would she just not throw caution in the wind that do whatever she wants at that point? Yeah. Date whoever. Um, well, she's trying to get her dad to pay for the college that she wanted to go to. And, you know. Yeah. Um, rock the boat. Meanwhile, the school's hunky, preppy jackass, played by Andrew Keegan, wants to date Bianca. So he bribes uh, the school's edgy bad boy, Patrick, played by Heath Ledger, uh, to woo the edgy, sarcastic cat. At the same time, Cameron, the school's newest student, who's a little bit more shy and dweeby than the others, uh, falls for Bianca and becomes tangentially involved in the film's overall plot. So that's what I got. Not a whole lot of weight to this one. Um, oh, okay. Uh, it's Get Over It with Cisco and Ben Foster. I think it's Ben Foster. <laughs> but it's based off of Midsummer Night's Dream. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> So I want you to to say that again. Cisco was in a remake of Midsummer Night's Dream. Just basically, that's real life. Yeah, <laughs> March 9th, two thousand one. That had to have been a tax write off for somebody. Like, and, the, and I think, um, oh God, 
The gal from that 70s show, married to Ashton Kutcher. Mila Kunis. Yep. She's in it, too. Okay. And so is uh, Kirsten Dunst. Okay. Yes. There you go. Well, that's not the movie we're talking about, though, today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, diverging. Mm. Um, so I had not seen this in a long time. So I, what, what, you saw it back in the day. Okay, so what's your relationship with the movie? I think I saw it in theaters because we, you know, I was not of age to go do anything cool. And so what we would do, and there was a, still a new theater um, in our neighborhood. And so we would just go see movies. Um, and so we hit up, uh, saw this one in theaters. And uh, I enjoyed it, actually, at the time. It wasn't terrible. I, I will say the only time I actually laughed and guffawed was the beer-flavored nipples line. <laughs> like, that was, that was the thing that got me. Um, I remembered uh, Larissa Olenek from uh, Alex Mack, mm. the Nickelodeon show back in the day. Yeah. Uh, what we got, too, is we've got Joker and Robin, Robin. from Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises. Mm-hmm. Somebody and the same cafeteria line. Yes. <laughs> uh, I loved Alice and Janney as uh, Counselor Perky or Perk yeah, or whatever. Writing a porno at her desk. <laughs> yeah, that, that was great. That's dirty. Mm-hmm. It makes me go back and wonder how many teachers at the time were, even in my typing class, I had a typing teacher who was always busy. I had the typewriter, and that shows you how far back this goes. There was typewriters. Was he writing a porno on the typewriter? I kind of think he was. Maybe. Yeah. It was turgid, mm-hmm. robust. If you ever Denver. use the word turgid in a porno, you've done something wrong. Well, unless you're like reading with a monocle, <laughs> reading the screenplay. <laughs> yes. If you have a really posh British accent, I guess, yeah. you know, turgid will be just great. Uh, let's see. Who else? Yeah. Larry Miller as the dad. One of the coolest, uh, you know, parents in a uh, one of these movies. Like I, I'll say, the best is Stanley Tucci in Easy A. Mm. It was my favorite uh, on-screen parent. Yeah. Uh, but this guy is is hilarious, and I, I he was honestly one of my favorite parts rewatching this. But he was funnier than the role deserved. I think. Yes. It, that was not written to be a to me written to be a funny part. He elevated it by mm-hmm. being funny. And oh yeah, I totally forgot. Gabriella Union was uh, the best friend, the the friend of Bianca's. Yeah, yeah, and she played that part really well. Mm-hmm. You know, just kind of like, you know, best friend slash bitch at the same time. And this was the first movie I ever saw Heath Ledger in. I think. Oh yeah. And I always just thought he had like a weird smile. I was like, is he good looking? I, I apparently people. Mm-hmm. Seem to think so. Yeah, I noted earlier that he. I think it's the way they made him up. He bears a strong resemblance to in this movie to Michael Hutchins, who was the lead singer of NXS. Yeah, hairdo, kind of the attitude. I mean, I don't know if he actually wears leather pants in this movie, but I could see him wearing a pair of leather pants and like, <laughs> you know. I think he does. I think he was going into uh, to the Pussycat Lounge, whatever the name of the the place was where. Uh, Cat was, you know, seeing her band, and he was walking down the hallway, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Man, his pants are shiny." Yeah. And then they show it from his vantage point, walking down the uh, the hallway, and all the like women looking at him, like, "What the fuck are you doing here, man?" <laughs> I mean, how many people did in high school did you know who wore leather pants? I don't know. I don't think any. Yeah, zero. I, zero. I don't think that Zilch. exists. Mm-mm. I don't think that's a thing. Um. So what would you give this on a scale of 1 to 10? Uh, I'm going to say 6.5. Mm. 
Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. It's, you know, I'll, I'll probably watch it again at some point, too. Um, but it, uh, you know, it was very, very predictable. Obviously, I've seen it several times. Mm-hmm. Saw it once in theaters. I think I've seen it uh, a few times on, like, DVD yeah. and just whenever it was on TV with commercials. Yeah, it's fine. It's lovely. I, I wish that Alex Mack uh, had her powers in this and could zap people and turn into liquid and, like, flow under doors and do cool shit. Yeah, I'd give uh, a whole other point if it was, that was the case. Yeah. <laughs> Julia Stiles was, uh, was great in this. Um, you know, they sum up her whole personality right at the beginning. You've got the, what, bare naked ladies music playing as they're pulling in, and then all of a sudden she drives up and she's got... Doesn't give a damn about her reputation. I'm like, okay, all yeah. right. You're just, she's like, look at me. I'm tough. Mm-hmm. Edgy. Yeah. Edgy. I'm going to rip posters off the wall. And she plays guitar, too. Yeah. That's how you know she's edgy. And she flashes a uh, teacher. Yeah. And, you know, nothing happens. Cool. Somebody should have gotten in trouble for that. I don't know if that was her for flashing or the teacher who clearly didn't hate it. Also, the teacher, he was also, like I guess, the coach for their um, archery. And yeah, stuff. and nobody gets but, punished for shooting him in the ass with an arrow. Well, I, I recognize him from, I think, Empty Nest. Empty Nest. But he's been in some other stuff, too. And they didn't quite establish him or his character. And I thought, was there like a, a scene missing where um, Bianca meets... Uh, Cameron for the first time, or is the first time they're meeting when he's given her like French a French lessons. lesson? Okay. I think so. The only other thing I saw, I watched this on Disney Plus, is that I think they overdubbed Allison Janney saying something at the beginning where they're like, they throw an egg at her window and she, you know, says something about him and flips off the window. Like, mm-hmm. They they definitely overdubbed and changed whatever she said there, <laughs> and I don't know if that happened in the original movie mm-hmm. or if because it was on the Disney Plus app they Disneyfied it. In your head canon, what did she say before they overdubbed it? I don't think she said the f word because I I backed it up twice and I'm like I don't know what she said. So you don't think she called them a bunch of fuck nuggets? Mm, that'd be cool. Mm-hmm. That'd be real cool. Tweezer dicks. Tweezer dicks. <laughs> Have you heard Tweezer dicks before? Is that one that's in the the docket? I've heard that somewhere. Yes. I I mean I don't know who originated that. That's not from a movie. That's that's somewhere that's been in the, in the ether. In the ether. Of my, yeah. So. Lovely. But yeah. Yeah, I'd give it about a six five. What what uh, what do you think? Um, similar. I'd say seven. I'm I'm around a seven. Um, it, it's a very benign movie. It, the back in the day, it was a movie you could put on. You know, it, like. When people are over at your house or whatever, it's a good way to put background movie. It's fun if you can you can zone in and watch it for a little bit, enjoy parts of it, and zone back out. I think I like this better than like she's all that, but I think I liked can't hardly wait better. Yeah, just because everything happens at this one party and it's you know it's all in one area that it 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 can seem like a little bit like a play. All yeah. these little things are happening there, and it's just. Before the party and after the party. And then the party is the main thing. The main thing that bugged me about She's All That was I felt like, was it Ethan Embry, the main guy? That's Can't Hardly Wait. Can't Hardly Wait. I said She's All That. Can't Hardly Wait. The main yeah. thing that bugged me about, um, I get him mixed up too, uh, Can't Hardly Wait, was Ethan Embry, like, he was honestly just a candy ass. I mean, it was like, his, he's in love with Jennifer Love Hewitt, and he's got this, this letter in his pocket, which is never read during the movie, ever. Yeah. And it's like... His whole thing is he wants to like tell, profess his love, and he's such a weak character that he never really does that. Ultimately, it, the, the fate, serendipity, whatever, like it puts her in front of him 
it's not because he made it happen. Mm-hmm. He's a very passive, weak protagonist. Hmm. Yeah. He always it's like, do something. Hmm. You know, it's like, I can't root for you. You know, I don't want you to get the girl until you like man up and talk to her. <laughs> you know, instead, no, nope, we're going to drop her in front of you and it's going to be magic. Yeah. That always bugged me about that movie. I could see that. Yeah. He's he's not the part I remember of it when I think I can't really wait. I think of uh, uh, Seth Green and Jennifer Love Hewitt. That's, that's yeah. about it. Mitch Scobie. And, and yeah, uh, Mitch McConnell, dime a fucking dozen. Mm-hmm. I think you mean Jerry O'Connell. What I <laughs> Mitch McConnell's a guy from Congress. Oh. Oh, yeah, I saw that today. I don't think he's going to be with us much longer. <laughs> that would have been a very different movie with Mitch McConnell wandering around. <laughs> That's a whole... I'm not going to that party. Damn him for getting in my head. <laughs> um, That's like when I was trying to discuss the very first Guardians of the Galaxy movie, and I was like, yeah, directed by Tim Gunn. Make it work. The guy from, <laughs> from Bravo's. <laughs> yeah. Um, to me, the best movie of this genre is Days and Confused, in my opinion. That, to me, if you're going to grade them, 10 out of 10. That to, me, that, to me, it's like, you know, coming-of-age movies fall into two categories. They're either, they either depict the high school student on the verge of graduation mm-hmm. or the middle school student on the verge of high school. And the brilliant thing about Days and Confused is it does both at the same time. It, it, it very, Say that again? Coming of age movies, it's like they depict either the high school student to be in college or, or moving on in life, becoming an adult, or the middle school student who's about to become a high school student. Oh, yeah, it and does show it both d- perspectives. It gives you both, and it does very well at both. Mm-hmm. Plus, it's uh, set during a, a you know moment in time, and it's got an excellent soundtrack mm-hmm. throughout. So, yeah, I'm... I'm right there with you on that. It's and I mean the cast is a phenomenal. That's one of the best casts of any teen movie, mm-hmm. top to bottom. Um, but it that's also set at kind of that nexus of like the mid '70s when the '60s are giving way, gradually changing into the '80s. You know, so you get that kind of middle ground, that malaise. You know, that's how the movies of the '50s, like Rebel Without a Cause, were in that mid '50s, kind of that that in between, where pop culture was in kind of a transitional moment. So Days of Confused is a ten out of ten for me in in teen. Movies, I can see that. Uh, but this one, about seven. It's about fun. seven. Yeah, and that's not bad. If you, to me, to use a baseball metaphor, if you can get a good base hit out of a movie like this, you're doing pretty good. Yeah, anything above a five is mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'd, I'd probably watch it again. Home runs are gonna be scarce. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, I still enjoyed it. It just doesn't, um, doesn't grab me like it does. I mean, now I will say, uh, Julie Stiles uh, danced into one of my favorite songs, "Hypnotized." Mm-hmm. By Biggie. And she Biggie gets she getting down, too. Rap Slayer. Mm-hmm. The hooker layer. Motherfucker, <laughs> say your prayers. Um, but this does have some some iconic 90s move, moments, like Heath Ledger in the, bait, in the football stadium. Singing. Can't take my eyes off of you. Mm-hmm. That's definitely a, a a moment. And then it's popped up everywhere, on, even on memes. Uh, Julie Stiles tearfully reciting the poem, the title. Um, <laughs> that's definitely uh, also a moment in 90s, you know, teen movie history. So, yeah. Uh, one thing, this is set in Seattle. Um, it has surprisingly good weather. Ooh. There's no rain at all. I don't. I just. I can't believe that. How they. How they snag this many days of no rain in Seattle, mm-hmm. the rainiest city in the United States. You know, just good shooting days. I guess. I guess so. You would have thought, man, this should be like raining every day. This would be like a Travis Folden laundry kind of movie. You know, <laughs> just yeah. constant raining. <laughs> kung fu movies all day. Uh huh. I love kung fu movies. Um. But yeah, I mean, it, and it's amazing that that this was really launched Heath Ledger's career. You know, it's like 
he it shows his versatility. I mean, he did this, he did the Patriots, Mel Gibson, and then obviously Dark Knight later. But he did he covered a lot of ground in a very short amount of time. Yeah, he he was a great actor. And he delivered the line "beer flavored nipples." And he delivered the line "beer flavored nipples." <laughs> Tell me that's not a great band name or album name. Beer flavored nipples. Yeah, or the first chapter of an autobiography. Tonight, one night only. Beer flavored nipples. Yeah, no encore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, this is for my wife. Um, she enjoys this movie. Obviously, she would have been about 14 when it came out. So, funny. Mm-hmm. She target demographic for mm-hmm. this kind of thing. So, we we throw this out to her. Um, but yeah, uh, field recordings, Wonderwall, Pinot Noir, good stuff. Um, mid twenties. Again, if you're a Pinot Noir drinker, give it a try. Um, this is from California. Um, this is going to be Paso Robles, which is a great little wine region. Underrated. Doesn't get the, doesn't get the shine that other big areas do, but, uh, give this a try. I'll post a link to it on our webpage. That's cinemavino.net. Um, but next we're going to get the, we're going to get the whole band back together. And hopefully we're going to get George and Ringo back in here and keep going. Um, but uh, great movies, only drunker. Uh, Travis Bud, beer flavored nipples. I'm T Woff, and we, <laughs> we will see you guys next time. Be sure to listen, rate, and subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Castbox, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Our website is at cinemavino.net, and reviews of these films can be found at toddwaffordmovies.com.